This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. This year I told you that I want us to maximize. Everybody say maximize. The dispensation that God has given us. God has given us a dispensation and we must learn to maximize it. Maximize it. We said in earlier teachings that a dispensation is a span of time given to us by God, determined by God, and for His purpose. It's given to us, it's determined by God, and it's for His purpose always. God has given each one of us dispensations, plural. Many dispensations within the one big dispensation. We all know that the one dispensation is from the beginning of our lives to the end of our lives. But within that time, there are many dispensations in the middle. There's many. And God has given them to you for His purpose. It's not for you to do your own thing. If you wanted to do your own thing, make all the decisions for your life, you should not have given your life to Christ and just went on. But when you gave yourself over to the Lord and you called Him Lord of all and He's your Savior, He's your Lord, and you asked Him to have dominion over your life, then He has a right to tell you exactly what He wants you to do. So it's His purpose. So God has given each one of us dispensations of time and a span, these spans of time where He has already predetermined what He wants you to do. He's already pre, see that's the problem. We get a little education or we get, we get to a place, we don't have to ask God, no, we're just gonna, this is what I'm gonna do. This is what I'm gonna, instead of saying, God, you've already predetermined what you want me to do. So I want to make sure in the natural that I'm following that line so that I can complete what you want me to do. See, we want to, we want to seek, find the best career with the best money and we want to do this, that, and other. But does it follow the predetermined plan that God has already set for you? See, God will have you in a profession that's in line and hooked into his predetermined plan. But when you do your own thing and get outside of it, that's why you can't have come to church because of your job and because you're doing your own thing. I said it's predetermined. His will for you is predetermined. And he predetermined it because he said, I want to work in you and I want to work through you. And so we need to maximize this dispensation that he's given us. Now let me make this very clear so you'll understand and that you won't get it twisted. We will never be able to maximize a dispensation if you don't understand the end right now. You got to see the end. You got to see what God is saying. You got to see where this ministry is going. You got to see what God is saying He wants to do in your life, personally, in your family's life. You got to see it right now. And see, we understand that God wants us to accomplish in this time His will. We must understand the importance of being those who know how to complete an assignment. That has been very, that's been a part of God's people's life in the body of Christ as a whole. Completion. 
bringing something to an end, to a, to a mature and an excellent way. God's people lack that. We start strong, but we cannot finish. And it's time. Now, when I say complete something, for us to understand that, you know, I, you know, I'm basically saying you, because you have a span of time, you don't have forever to complete what God is calling you to. There's gonna come a day that your time will be up. And I don't care that you think that you got time. That's our problem. We all think we have more time than we, than we really have. We all think we have so much time and you don't know how little time you have. And there will be no excuses when your time is up. And you can say God is faithful and He's going to do... But God is not going to do anything but what His Word says. People die in the Lord uh, where they die and don't know the Lord. And people get up and just say, well, I know God is faithful and I know God let them in. No, God's going to do what His Word says. God's not going to change because you feel sad. God said, everything that I said while they were breathing and alive was when they needed Just like what he's saying today. Because once it's over, it's sealed. Whether you like it or not. I said, it's sealed. So, we God, when God determines a time, he determines a beginning and an ending. And we must make sure that we finish within the time that God gives us. You don't want to waste time because he only gives you a span of it. Now, in this teaching, we're going to use Jesus as our example. That's the best person to use as an example. Now, Jesus came to get the job done. If you read all through the scriptures, he wasn't playing around. He wasn't fooling around. He even said it at the end. It is finished because he was a finisher. It is, he could have said it is complete and still meant the same thing. He didn't come to tarry. He didn't come to marry. He didn't come to do all the things that we think we have to do now. He came to complete an assignment. He didn't wait around, wait my turn. He came to get a job done and he completed every dispensation in his life. And he requires us to, he said, I want you to complete every dispensation. Not miss one here and then get one here and miss one. No, every dispensation we should be winning. Are you with me? When he was a child, Talking about Jesus. Showing you how every dispensation he fulfilled. When he was a child, he did everything that he needed to do as a child. So there's no excuse about your children being young. When he was a child, he did everything. When he was a young adult, he did everything he needed to do as a young adult. The Bible said he increased in wisdom and in stature with God and with man. That means he knew how to conduct himself spiritually and naturally. He increased in it. That should be an increase in your life. 
There should be an increase in knowledge and understanding and wisdom in both your spiritual life and your natural life. Now, when it came to his earthly ministry, he completed the things that God told him to do. That's why he wouldn't let anybody pull him off course. And, and I'm going to get to why we do not complete anything. See, he wouldn't let anybody pull him off course. Matter of fact, when they tried to, he rebuked them openly. Why? Because he had an assignment. He didn't let his family. Remember when his sisters and brothers, oh, you, you know he had other sisters and brothers. You know Mary is not a virgin and wasn't a virgin after Jesus was born for a long time. But remember when they came to get him and they was like, your brothers and sisters are out there and your mother, they're out there. He said, my brothers and sisters are those who hear the word of God. He wasn't moved about his family or not. See, that's what, that's another one of our problems. Why we can never complete things. You let family interfere with what God wants you to do. And I'm, and I'm not talking about trying to use it as an excuse. Because sometimes you do use it as an excuse too. But nothing should interfere when you know what God has called you to. And how are you going to know what God has called you to? If you're not here, you surely can't know. Oh, God is telling me. No, no, that's unscriptural. God is telling you all this stuff and you don't go to church. I don't think so. Now, I do believe that if he's telling you anything, he's saying, fail not to assemble yourself as the matter of some. That's all he's telling you. So don't come telling me all this stuff God is telling you and you fail to assemble yourself because this is where you're going to get your knowledge, your understanding, increase in wisdom and understanding, in stature. Not in your own. So we understand that. And then I like when his earthly ministry, God, he did what God sent him to do. And when he went to the cross and bore our sins and carried our sorrows, he, he said it at the cross. He said, it's finished. It's complete. And then he even said, I got to go away. But I'm going to send you another comforter. He completed that as well. He said, I have to go so I can complete the assignment and send you. He completed the work strong. See, that's what we want to do. We want to complete the work strong. Why? Because he sent us to help. He, he finished strong. He sent us to help. So all the help you need is already here. And even now, on his new assignment, he is sitting at the right hand of the Father. Still finishing strong. He's right where God desires him to be. Right there at his right hand. And listen, we, 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 we got to do better than what we're doing. So here in John chapter 17, chap, I mean chapter 17, um, let's begin at um, verse 1. It says, These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father... The hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may, be glorif may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee. That's life eternal, that you might know him. The only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Verse 4, 
I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. Jesus said, I have did what you have sent me to do. And now it's time for me to go to my next assignment. See, how many of us in here can say, God, I've done what you told me to do. It's time to go to the next assignment. Let me give you a couple of things to understand right now. Number one, we have to establish within ourselves what God desires to accomplish in me. What does God decide to accomplish in me? Why, how, how, and how is it going to fulfill His purpose? Because whatever God is desiring to accomplish in you is for His purpose. Whenever God gives us a dispensation of time, there is something that He wants to accomplish for His purpose. So, we need to right now understand that at the beginning. I have to make a foregone conclusion and understanding and establish in my heart, in my heart, in my mind, what God wants to accomplish in me. Not what I want to do. See, that's our problem. We keep wanting to do what we want to do. But that's not what I'm looking for. What does God want to accomplish in me? Your life have a greater purpose than just your heart beating and you sucking up air and eating meals. Your life is more than that. Your life is more than going to the kitchen and eating and going to the toilet. It's more to it's more to it. You were sent here to do something for God. And that's all we want to do. That's all we want to do. So I need to understand, God, what are you trying to do through me? That's a question. While you're begging God for everything else that you should be doing naturally yourself that He's not going to do, ask Him, God, what do you want to do through me? That's what I need to know. That's what I need to know. What do you want to do through me? Your life has a greater purpose. A greater purpose. The second thing we need to understand is... Whatever God is going to do through you and in you has a benefit for others. It's not for you. It's a benefit for others. Anything, everybody other than yourself. Then I need to also understand that when God has something for, the me, for me to do, there are requirements for me to get the job done. There's always requirements. Requirements. Everybody say requirements. Jesus understood what God was doing in him and through him. He understood what God was doing to benefit others. He understood that. Jesus also understood what was required of him. That's why he wouldn't let anybody to complete the assignment. He knew, I know what I need to do. And I know who I need to keep back from me. And I know who I need to rebuke. And I know why. Because he was always focused on the assignment. Write this down. In order to complete God's purpose for your life, you'll have to meet some requirements. See, that, see, that, that takes you from the realm of doing your own thing. If I'm gonna do something and allow God to work in me and through me, that's some requirements for me. 
that God requires. And when I say that, you have to establish how much time is this going to take? Because there's a requirement. How much work is it going to take? What is going to be required of me? How much sacrifice am I going to have to make in order to accomplish what God wants me to do? Because all of that is coming into play when you want God to use you. When you want God... Well, let me tell you, once you've given your life to God, you already... From before you were born, God already predetermined what He wanted you to do. Now, He's gotten you this far, so you, and He brought you here today, so you can find out. Now, because Jesus said, I'm a finisher, let's just look at that one word, finish. And I told you on the last time I ministered, Jesus used this word right before He transitioned to His new assignment. He said, in our, he said, if I'm, if, if, to bring this thing to an end, I'm, I finished it. Dropped his head. That word finish means to bring something into a state of perfection or maturity so that it can continue with excellence. You need to meditate on that definition. To complete something that God has called you to is at the end of it, you have brought it to a state of perfection, to a state of maturity, and not that it's coming to an end, that it will continue in excellence. So see, that's why whatever God is calling you to do, that's why you just can't drop out of things. But that's called not completing anything. I'm going to show you why you do that. That's why you can't start something in. You're in and out of the choir. You're in and out of children's church. You're in and out. You're, you're getting offended. You don't come to church. You have come to church. You do all that. And you want God to use you. Guess what? He won't. Maybe some other ministry will use you, but we won't. This is what you need to understand. <laughs> because you're on assignment. And especially if you've missed dispensations. Just because you've repented and gotten right with God doesn't mean that you have anything to say. This is what I, this is what I like to see in people that are off from God. People that have missed God. And now you've repented and you're back in right standing with God. I like for them to be quiet and sit. Don't give no input. And especially when you're in a bad state. Don't give no input. It's, it's your season for being quiet and learning. It's not to talk. See, that's called humbling yourself. And just because you repented, now I'm ready to go on. Well, tell me what you have. Because you get nothing when you're in bondage. So you've been in bondage all the time. I've repented. Now I'm ready to stand up for God and tell, thus said the Lord. Not here. I don't want anyone on this platform or in any other position that have not sat and been quiet and learned to grow and develop after you've been in bondage. I don't care, you know, all of us at some point have been in some kind of bondage, but get healed. That's the problem. We're never that desperate that we need you to get up. Sit down. 
I can appreciate you then. Because I can say, you know, they're humbling themselves and being quiet and they're listening and they're learning and they're growing and developing. But when you try to push it, you make yourself look like a fool. You're going to stumble through things. You're going to talk about what's not necessary. You're going to try to be funny and you're not. You're going to try to do all those kind of things. But it's because you won't sit, be still, sit down and learn something. Because, let me tell you, if you've been in bondage, that means you haven't learned anything. Don't try to give any of your, you know, sometimes things that you want to say. That's just God speaking to you. Be quiet. Just be quiet. That's what I want in this ministry. I want you to be quiet, grow, develop, and when it's time for you to get up, guess what? Those with spiritual authority will come to you and say, I see something. But when you try to push it, no. You know how some causes, like UT, let's say UT, because we're here in Austin and that's, that's what it is. Like UT. They won't let just anybody come to their college. They have a standard. Why? Because if you come in there doing something else, you're going to bring it down. They're not for that. But so it is in ministry. I don't want people getting up here bringing, because let me tell you, what God is teaching in this ministry is powerful. See, I know you probably don't respect it enough because every seat's not taken. But that's where you, that's your first mistake. That's your first. You see, you always make mistakes and now you're making another one. Because this is the most powerful teaching ministry in the city of Austin. So, I don't want anybody up stumbling and fooling around and, and, and just doing something. Because you want to, I need you to just humble yourself and be still. Just pray. See what God is telling you. Because we're not trying to bring the ministry down and say, you know what? I heard all those ministers, they are powerful. Then somebody else got up and, what's going on? See, this is what I'm tired of. I'm tired of people complimenting me on how far I've gone, but you didn't go with me. See, I, I don't get no joy out of that. Then why didn't you go with me? I'm tired of that. You complimenting me, but why didn't you go with me? We won't have that. And then I ask you on the last teaching, how many things in your life that you can say that you have brought into completion? That you've brought into a level of maturity? That you've brought into a level of perfection? That whatever that thing is, that it's gone on to excellence. And all of you thought about it, and I told you not to say nothing. But if you think about it in your life, you probably could come up with zero. Maybe one, but we're talking about your lifetime up until now. How many relationships? 
How many assignments within your ministry then you can say, you know what? I completed that. I completed what they told me to do. I completed what God told God. Because let me tell you, God is not going to come down here because you're in a ministry. It's going to come through the ministry. Know that. But my intention in this teaching is for us to redeem the time that God has given us. By redeem, I mean make this time good right now. Let's make it good right now. Again, church, I said I'll say it and I'll keep saying it. Time is valuable. You're just wasting time. You continue to waste time. You're going to hear that all year, this year and some of next year, or all of next year. Time is valuable. You don't have as much time as you think you do. You waste time. You procrastinate with time. Time is valuable. Everybody say time is valuable. Say time is valuable. And another thing you need to understand, it's valuable and it's not yours. Just it's, it's no more yours than the tithe is. So if you're still in the tithe, you're probably trying to steal time too, but you can't. It's not yours. God dispensed you out some time. All time belongs to God. And He gave you some and said, here's your span of time. Get this done. Because it's just a span. So because he did that, and because time belongs to God, why does it belong to God? Because he's Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's from everlasting to everlasting. He is God. And he's placed you in time, but you don't own it. You don't own it. I like that word dispense in this dispensation. God just dispensed us out just a little time. So if he did, then I understand it's not mine. And God, you gave it to me, so I got to use it wisely. I got to use it wisely. And why? Because when, when you waste time, you cannot make up time. You cannot make up lost time. How many times can we say that? You're just wasting time. And you act like, okay, I'm going to eventually get it together. But you're wasting time. Time lost cannot be re-earned. You miss a dispensation and you wonder why God can't use it. You missed it. Time spent cannot be repurchased. It's gone. I have to make the time right now good. I have to make it good. I have to make sure that the time that I have is a beneficial effect. Because it's not mine. It's not mine. So if you're wasting time, you don't know how much you have left. You need to make sure that you make wise use of every opportunity that God's given you. Every opportunity. You have to recognize an opportunity. Some people don't recognize an opportunity. Most of the time you don't recognize the opportunity because you ain't sitting in church long enough to understand that you need to recognize when the opportunity comes. You might think it's for one thing and it's for a whole other thing. 
Now, her whole purpose is to complete our work. We have some work to do, church. Every one of us. If you're in here, in this ministry, and you don't think you have a work to do, I want you to know that you're living a dream that's going to wake up a nightmare. Because the 99.9% of us that, are, that do understand that we, we have a work to do, we're going to do the work. Think about it. Because you only have a sense of time. Just think about it. Didn't it seem like just yesterday you had a baby in, in a baby bed and you were buying little shoes and now they're in school and they, you know, you like, oh, and you be thinking, you say, oh, how are they growing up so fast? It's called time. I remember looking at Layla in an incubator and now she's in first grade. What happened? Time. Time. This is what you need to understand, you adult parents. Listen. Once a child becomes an adult, it's hard. Everybody say it's hard to teach them children lessons. Once a child becomes an adult, it's hard to teach them children lessons. Why? Because your dispensation from that is over. It's over. Listen, once a child starts having children, it's hard to teach them children lessons. Why? Because they have a child now. No, no, no. There will be no baby in you. There will be no... you. That, that dispensation's closed. Now they have a child. That dispensation of treating them like a child is... Over. Closed. It have passed. You better get this. God is not playing with you about this. Don't try to teach these adult children children lessons. They're not going to hear. So if you finish the work God has given you within the dispensation, it is, you know, that He's given you, you must understand. People in this congregation, we must understand, we must complete the work of this ministry. We don't have time to be babying around, playing around, being fooled and tricked by adult children. I don't care what their age is. And once they have children, they are not, you cannot go with them with children lessons. That's called being an idiot. You need to be taught. You say, no, I can't, I won't. Now, if they come to you for advice, that's not what I'm talking about. Advice and counsel is one thing. But treat them like a child, you're a fool. And you're going to be made a fool of. Because that dispensation is closed. And God's going to remind you when you do that. He's going to say, uh, what you're doing, that dispensation, you did that. Let me tell you, if you didn't do it back then, it's too late. And if you did it back then and they didn't hear you then, what makes you think they're hearing you now? That they're an adult. They're not. And they won't. So you let that go because it's past. Everybody say it's past. So we have to complete the work of this ministry in this dispensation. And what is the essential work of the church? We've taught it. 
Excuse me? Restore the next generation. Why don't we know that? This is what I'm talking about. Why do we need to go further with something else if you couldn't answer that? That's an easy... You know what the word essential means? Look it up. Because we should know that in this ministry. Because that's the essential work of this ministry. It's to restore this generation. Restore those in this generation. Those who are hurting. Those who are troubled. Those who are out of place. We've talked about this time and time again. Those that need to be reconciled to a place where God would have them to be. That's why I said people need to be quiet, sit down, because you're being reconciled back. You're being nurtured back. See, because you're, you're foolish and you're stupid, you think people don't want you to do something. You think they're being mad at you. You think, no, this is ministry. We're not playing around with ministry. Let me tell you, some of you might be offended because let me tell you, what's next coming and within this month changes. But I told you that at the beginning of the year. I said, see, every time I tell you something, because it don't happen right away, you kind of forget it or you think that maybe I've forgotten about it. That's the same way. And you know why the reason the Lord had me wait even on 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 the uh, fasting and say that's just the way you are with God's word because God don't answer right then. You think, oh, no, no, no. God said, I want to see if you... Those things are foolish. That's one of the reasons why I'm telling you. You just sit there. Be patient. Nobody's mad at you. We're trying to make you grow and develop. So you can be someone someone I want to listen to. But when I start making changes, I don't care. Listen, get this. Get this about me. Because I'm acting as interim pastor. Get this about me. And I told you as a pastor's wife, and I'm going to tell you as interim pastor, I'm not Pastor Hill. And we're, and, and we're not building a foundation. It's done. I am who I am. So I don't care about you not liking my decisions. I'm going to do what God told me to do. Period. And if you don't like me coming around to see what you're going to do, oh well, you got to move on. Because I'm going to do that. Why? Because we are arising and building. And everybody got to be in place. And yes, I learned well from my pastor how to see everything while just walking by. And because I'm not here, don't mean I've missed nothing. I didn't miss anything in the women's women's deals uh, Friday. It's nothing that's done that I don't know about. I will know about. So when I make changes, you get under it or you move on. Because let me tell you, I tell you like I tell my granddaughter, it's not always about you. It's about the ministry and what's best for the ministry. And I'm going to see to that until my last breath. And when Isaac get up and take his position and ordain to be a pastor, he might be totally different. But now, we're not living for them, we're living for, but now, I'm here.
Like it or not. So, when we say that we have to restore a generation, and it's the essential work. To restore means to heal, to repair, to rebuild. That's what we're here to do. To heal, to repair, and to rebuild. So God has given us a span of time to heal the hurts of those that are hurting. To repair the damage that has been done. There's much damage even in this room. To rebuild those who the world have broken down. The church must understand this. Must understand there is a dispensation that the world and this this whole generation, the world have devalued them. The church have devalued. They've even devalued themselves. Doing things that's all against the word of God. The adversary have devalued them. And they just don't see it. They devalue themselves through poor choices, poor habits, poor activities they've participated in, poor addictions. But guess what? But they are all valuable in the sight of God. And God said, restore them, heal them, rebuild them. Bring them back to where I need them to be. Because I have an assignment for them. You can do this. I've, I've sent help. That's why you need to be in position. I can't do it by myself. The ministers can't do it by themselves. We all work together as one. We can't focus on the next generation while we have a generation. See, we can't... We can't Focus on our children's children when their children need help. Are you with me? God said, I want, our whole goal is that each and every one of us in here complete every dispensation from this point on. Everyone. Not just let time elapse, but to complete every dispensation. Many, all of us are in a dispensation now. This church is in a dispensation. Individually, we're in dispensations. Children back there, you that are in the choir, listen to me closely. I want you to hear this. You want to finish this dispensation of just being a child. Just, you, you need to finish just being a child. Don't try to be too grown. Don't just finish being a child. And when it's no longer time for you to be a child and it's time for you to mature on to a teenager, then just finish being a teenager. Just then finish being a teenager because it's going to come a time. How do I finish being a teenager? Make sure you have good grades. You fight for that. You make sure you have good enough. You want good enough grades that you can get the best opportunity in life. Now is the time. You're not waiting until you get older. Now is the time for you at your age, right now, to maximize just being a child. Before you step into teenager. And once you get into that teenager, you maximize that. I'm going to make the best grades because I want the best opportunity when I go to middle school. Because I'm going to middle school. See, you need to think on it. When I go to high school, I want to be the best. I need to think like the best. 
I don't have to get caught up in everything going on around me. I need to think like a child right now. And I'm going to do my best. I'm going to study harder than everyone. I want to be first in class. I want to raise my hand first. I want to always participate. That's what I tell my granddaughter. I said, you raise your hand first. You get up there in front. You lead. You don't follow. You utilize. You maximize being just a child. I don't care if the teacher, uh, if the teacher say, oh God, they're always raising their hand. I'm going to pick somebody else. It doesn't matter. Raise your hand. Maximize it. Do what's right. Make good grades. Do all of those things. Make your behavior right. When it comes to your parents, make it right. Your parents been your age. You've never been their age. Obey. This is not your season for understanding. It's your season for obedience. I don't understand what my parents are doing, but you're obedient. I, uh, I was putting Layla on some shorts, and I know I'm always talking about Layla because Isaiah, he does his own thing, and he runs from the camera. Thing. And I was putting on some of those little stretch shorts, and her dad said, you know what, I hate those kind of shorts. Put on some of them big, uh, those safari little shorts. And then Layla whispered to me, he don't understand about girl stuff. He don't understand about... I said, yeah, he understands. Now, you, now get out of them. Because, see... The, Already. See, you have to, you have to bring talk. He don't understand about girl stuff. You know, like, keep these on me. And no, I said, no, he understands. And, 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 you know, and then you put on them Bermuda shorts. She'd be like, I don't like these, madam. I said, oh, you okay? You like those, you like those legging shorts. See, it's already there. But let me say, obedience is better. Then you might not understand it. Just do it. Say, oh, I don't understand why my parents... Don't worry. They got something. They, they know something that you don't. That's called maximizing your youth. Maximizing being a child. I don't care what your siblings are doing. I don't care what everybody else is doing. You do what's right. Are you all listening to me back there? That's important that you know that. I'm, t- I'm here to tell you. When you have the right behavior, you're going to end up on the right course. When you get to middle school, you, you know, you want, you want to complete the dispensation. You want to excel in middle school. Not just be average, excel. Why? Because it's going to set you up for the next stage of life. See, it's just not about going to school and just being fun or badly getting through. No, it's going to set me up for the next stage of life. What? High school is going to set me up. Middle school is going to set you up for the high school. But you got to do something. Maximize it. You got to remember it when you're in class. And everybody's acting a fool in class. And you want to get involved in it. Say, you know what? I remember what I learned at church. I need to maximize it. I don't care what anybody else is doing. I'm going to do my best. That's saying I'm going to do all I'm supposed to do at this age. You need to learn. Listen to me, children. You need to learn some responsibilities. Why? So your mother and father won't have to keep looking over your shoulder to see every little thing you do. That goes for the older ones as well. Not just them. Now, I was talking to them, but this is straight across the board. All of you in college and high school and going to college. Let me tell you, you have to learn some responsibilities. 
You don't want your parents to always have to look over their shoulders, always have to follow behind everything that you do. You own everything. Why? Because I don't trust you. Then, when you go to high school, <laughs> you need to complete that strong. Because it's coming quick. You need to complete it strong. Listen what you don't say. I can't wait to get out of here. People that say they can't wait to get out of here usually don't learn nothing where they're in where they are. That's not what you're saying. People that always say, I can't wait to get somewhere, they're not learning where they are. They're not learning what they're supposed to while they are where they are. You want to complete with excellence. That goes for adults in here. When you be like, oh, I can't hurry up and get through. I'm ready to get out of here. You're not learning anything while you're here. You're still not. See, because you look up and you see people in college and they're going off to college and they seem so excited. Oh, I just can't wait to get out of there. Uh-uh. Then it's going to come a time you're going to go to college. I know it seems far off, but it's not that far off. I remember when Lauren was born and we were sitting laughing at, 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 at uh, um, Sister Jones and Sister Jones was like, don't laugh at me. And we was like, what? What if they... And here she is. How old are you, Lauren? Twelve. Them years came so fast. And look, twelve more are going to go so quick. And you think you have time. I'm tired. I work okay. If you didn't want these children, you should have left them where they were. Because that's, let me tell you, children is not a game. It's not a plaything. And, it, and it, let me tell you, and it really ain't no fun thing. The fun is only when they can lay down with their fists closed up and they can't move. After that, there's no more fun. That's the only time they're fun. When they can't move, they smell good, and they can't do nothing but... It's not like a cat. That's when they're good. That's when, they're, that's when it's lovely. Once they walk around the table like this, the fun is over. There's no fun anymore. Now it's work. And you're going to work for... Twelve years just nurturing. You ain't even parent yet. It's not until they get in middle school that the parenting kicks in. Because, you know, we love all this. It's just cute. Find a side of boots. You know, we do all that with children. And all that's cute and fun. We don't go home with them. Your turn to get up. Now, yo, you, now, I got it. And, you know, and then, you know, I remember me and Pastor Hill when I was, I'm like, you know, you lay in the bed and you don't want to get up. And so the baby cried stuff. And so you start moving your feet, like kicking, like you wake up. You know, you know, you try to act like you running in bed. You try to wake them up. Like you hear the baby, like, uh, you know, uh, yeah. The fun is stopping. And then when they start coming to you, let me tell you, it's cute once they, they left me so when they just coming, I was digging sheep on my chest. Try to get them off. And I, and let me tell you, it, I, you know what, I have, I have foregone trying to tell new parents what to do with children because they're not going to do it. 
Just let them learn. Let them get their brains beat out. You can't because they're not gonna they're not gonna do it because theirs is different. Just like their sin is different, then their relationships is different, which is all a lie. But they, you know, they think everything is different. So you don't tell new parents nothing. Just let them just work their tails off. Go ahead. Because you tell them, don't let them sleep with you. They, oh, I got to. Just let them sleep with them. They, let me tell you, they love to try to get their tails out. They ain't going to go out. They going to scream and holler and cry. You try to tell them, you know, put them down. Put them down. Somebody told me, I told them, I said, put your baby down. They said, I'm going to try. I said, oh, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Shut down. I said, okay. That was my cue from God. Shut up. Just let them get their brains beat out. Because I'm going to tell you, two things you're not going to win. Children and gray hair. You ain't going to win. You're not going to win. Because they're going to come back and wear you out. And once they start walking and talking. And, and now, see, now somebody heard that I said you didn't love your child. It's amazing to how people hear. You love them. And some of you are glad you had them. Some of you say, I could have waited. I get it, but it's too late. But it is what it is. Now it's your time. They, you, you, you got to maximize that. And they're going to drain every living thing out of you. There's no more matching. I wear the Gucci. You wear the Gachi. That place stuff. No. See, it's after your children grown. You can go all into the fashion. And you can go. No, you go on and put on that sackcloth and ashes and go on. Because them babies are. Look, you try to come in and look. No, you look bad. You look like you have children. Little ones. That's what they do. You have another season. Another dispensation. Way a long time from now. But right now, just put on your moo moo and sit down. And watch babies. How many of us can attest to that? We all know. Quit playing. We can attest. We can attest. But then you're going to go to high school. You, 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 you all back there. You all back there. Listen up. Then you're going to go to high school. High school. You want to finish strong there. Because it's going to, because then you're going to set yourself up for something. You don't want to just want to get out of high school and say, I'm just ready to get out of here. You don't want to do that. You want to make sure that you're laying a foundation in high school. I don't care what anybody else is doing. You're going to excel. Why? Because I'm going to make good this opportunity. Because you're never going to go back to high school again. Don't invest yourself in people there because you may not ever see them again. You just concentrate on being you. Then when you walk across the stage or whatever deal you do, you can say, you know what, this is not just about just getting a piece of paper, but I've got a certificate saying I maximized my childhood. From pre-K all the way up to 12th grade, I did my best. You'll feel good about yourself. God will, let me tell you, when you do all of that, you're setting yourself up for God to use you. He said, if they could be disciplined in that, 
And then, see, when you set yourself up for that, you're going to college. Once you finish college, you can be whatever you want to be. Because now I'm going to college. You don't want to go to college and throw away all the hard work that you did from pre-K to, to, to being in high school. How do I throw that away? Well, when you go to, go to college, it's not there for you to drink, party, smoke, get high. See, everybody want to get on the yard. I want to get on the yard. But it's not, that's not what college is for. And let me tell you, when you get to college, you're going to see everybody getting on the yard. Well, I want to do what they want to do. Why? You have a calling on your life. If you're in this ministry, you got a calling on you. You don't have to. That's not what college is for. It's not two party. That's why some of you didn't get out when you were supposed to. That's why some of you just got a piece of paper. That's why some of you, because it's not for having sex. So when you get out to college, that's all I want to do is I want to go have sex. Because nobody's there to monitor me. That's not what college is for. College is a time that you need to set yourself up for adult life. Talking to you children. I'm talking to you about to go to college. I haven't even started my message. This is just review. You have to come back tonight really for the message. So there'll be no partying. And, and, and most of the time children just want to go live on campus to party. And I don't see why the parents, well the parents really do see, they try to act like they don't. But you, 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 you want to drink, you want to sleep around, you, you get, you've gotten high. You're there to make sure you become the person that God wants you to be. To fulfill his purpose. To fulfill his purpose. Then when you graduate from college, you need to finish and complete that so that when you become an adult, see I'm walking you through your life right now. Your parents are trying to get you this tape so you can hear it again and again and again. Once you graduate college, listen to me, you can go on to be an adult. I know that seems far off, but it's not that far off. You can go on and be an adult. You can go, go, don't run off and go get married. That's foolish. Get yourself established. That's foolish. Just get out of college. I'm just running to get married. No. It'll get you on the back end. When I say the back end, are you all listening? It's not going to hurt. See, you, you. It's not going to come in these few years. It's going to come when the children get teenagers and all. You're like, oh, God, I missed everything. Yeah, because you didn't go and establish yourself. You get out of college and you establish yourself first. I know you don't want to hear that, but that's what you really need to do. Now, if you didn't do that, it's too late. I'm not talking to you at all. I'm talking about those that have a chance. Your chance is gone. <laughs> so you're getting yourself in a place where you are being an adult and you want to excel in every area as your life as a young adult. You've got to complete being a young adult. Get yourself established. Because once you do that, then you become a husband or a wife. Ooh, 
told you we're the best kept secret. If you tell somebody, they can get blessed too. Then you've already set yourself up to be a husband and a wife. Then and only then have you set yourself up to reproduce after your kind. That is having children. You don't want your kind coming before you get a spouse. Let me put it where you can understand it. There will be no getting pregnant outside of marriage. So there will be no sex before marriage. You don't want that. That's not going to get you on the back end. That'll get you right then. Kill you on the back end, but it's going to get you right then. You don't get a baby before you're married. But you set yourself up in, in elementary, middle school, and high school. You set yourself up. So I'm not trying to have sex outside of marriage. Why? Because there's a possibility that I can have a baby and I sin against God. I don't do that. I don't care how many friends are doing it. I don't care. Listen, nobody can have to tell you how fine and how cute you are. Look in the mirror, you know. So you don't get excited about somebody saying you're cute, you're fine. You don't leave school with a boy and go to their house. And for God's sake, you don't leave the school with a girl and go to her house. See, because we always like to put everything on the boys, but I'm telling you, we got some girls that can whore around. Girls. I'm trying to teach you something. Don't forget it. I don't have sex outside of marriage. I don't have babies outside of marriage. I'm not trying to reproduce after my kind without a husband. That's called completing that work. Then after that, you raise those that you reproduced after your kind. In the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. And you can do that. Because you walked it through and you... That's, that's dispensation. See, it's a dispensation in elementary. It's a dispensation in middle school. If you're all in middle school, you're in a dispensation. When you go to high school, that's going to be another dispensation. Remember, a dispensation is from the beginning of your life to the end. And many in between. you got elementary, middle school, high school, college. Those are all dispensations. You want to maximize them. You want to do everything that you're supposed to do in that time. You don't care what anybody else is doing. Because your friends and people you know might not be getting what you're getting right now. So you grab it and say, I can do this. I can do this. After I raise my children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, guess what? When you become a parent and you're grown and you're going on with your marriage, you will live in no regrets. No remorse. You won't spend your try, all your time trying to undo mistakes. Because I did it right. All the mistakes I made in the past, I'm trying to undo them. And guess what? Then you will teach your children what you learned every step of the way. And they'll grow up in the nurture and have a mission. And listen, and once your hair starts to get gray, like mine, and your steps get a little slower, because now you're older, you start getting a little bit slower in your walk. Because you're going to get there too. But then you'll be able to sit back and rejoice. I hope you all are listening.
and I hope you're all going to college and high school, you're listening, then you'll be able to rejoice. Why? My children are following the pattern that I have set and imparted this wisdom in them, and I see it. Then, you see your children walking there, then you can impart it to your grandchildren. Then you can say, I can impart this to my grandchildren. Why? Because I completed the course God set before me. I finished it. You've done all the work. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be easy because you're going to have peer pressure. But that's when you stand strong. That's when you call upon the name of the Lord. That's when you have a personal relationship with Him. That's when you talk to your parents and tell them what you're going through. Tell them what you're feeling inside. It doesn't matter. Let me tell you, it's nothing that's going to surprise your, fam- your, your parents. Whatever you're going through, your parents have went through it. I know you don't see them like that because you see them as mom and dad and you see them. But if you just say, you know what, mom, this is what I'm struggling with. Dad, you know this is what I'm struggling with. They'll help you. And if you say, I just can't do it with them. There's people in this ministry, all of us in this ministry. We'll help you. We'll help you get there. So that we can sit back in our old age and say, God, look at you. And then we really will say it and mean it. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Because our children have followed the pattern we set. And you can look at your heavenly father and say, God. As an adult, you'll look at God and say, God, I fought the good fight of faith. I finished my course. I've done everything that you called me to do. And I have not missed the dispensation because of that message. I've done my best. And then for us older ones in here, we need to make sure we don't make these children feel like that they can't because we properly missed the dispensation. They still can because you missed it, don't, don't make them feel like that. Uh-uh-uh. You make them feel like you don't have to. I did. But you don't have to. That's our response. That's called restoring things. That's called building things. That's what I mean when I'm talking about completing a dispensation. Now, let's deal with a few objections, objectives that I'm going to deal with. Number one, I'm going to teach you the importance of getting to a place of completion. Number two, I want us to learn why we cannot complete our assignment. And I'm going to, I'm going to deal with that tonight. Why is it that I cannot complete my assignment? I also want to talk to us about, I want us to learn how to go to the end and then get started. Also, we're going to learn how to organize time and oh God got me on that because I have to organize time you got to learn that and this is the one I can't wait to get to how to learn to start over to start over now get this start not starting from the beginning that's not start that's not starting over you can't go back to the beginning so what is you know starting over so till that means I missed the dispensation. I didn't maximize sometimes in my life, but now God has given me another time, another dispensation, and I want to make sure I know how to handle that time. 
And I want to handle it better than I handled the last one. I want to learn how to start over. Because that happens, it, it happens oftentimes. This is one thing that happens. We always start a dispensation the same way we did the last one. That's our problem. That's one of our problems. You start a new dispensation the same way you started the last. That won't work. At some point you need to learn to start over means that you have to have a new way of getting started in the next dispensation. Most people never learn a new way to start over. They just keep starting the same old way over and over. That's called cycles. That was talked about in family. That's how you continue that cycle because we're doing the same thing over and over. And why, wondering why everything is falling apart. Because you're doing the same thing over and over. Because you haven't learned how to start over. Then we're going to learn how to finish within a dispensation or complete something. Then we need to learn how this church and the church universal must complete the assignment given. We must. When there's no completion, remember we said, when you don't complete something, there will be no rest. We saw where God finished the heavens and the earth and he rested. The Bible shows us in Hebrews chapter 3 that the children of Israel, they disobeyed God and they were not able to enter into rest. When you don't complete an assignment, you're always, everybody say always, going to make painful adjustments. Always. All of us can go back and look in areas where we just missed it. And, we, and, and notice, you know, you know we did, it, did, it didn't quite come into perfection and we're always making adjustments. That's why we have become a generation of non-finishers. When I say a generation of non-finishers, I'm talking about those from the age of 40 to 60. And so we try to teach the others and we haven't finished. We haven't completed anything. A generation of people that are not consistently completing what God has called us to do. We have to break that cycle. Why? Because it damages the next generation. It damages them when we don't finish, when we don't complete what God has called us to. And we must complete what God has called us to. God, you know, God has talked to us about, about being finishers five or six years ago. Actually, this message I'm teaching, I think I taught it about seven or eight years ago. You probably don't even remember it. And I haven't even got, again, I haven't even gotten into the message. So we need to understand, we're talking about those things that, that we, as adults we live, it, it, you know what, we taught this message when now, some of your children are adults now, they were teenagers in your house. And you missed it. Then, now they're grown. But they've moved on. And your young ones now are going to move on. And God is trying to get us to complete some things. Complete, restore, rebuild some things. Now, listen to me. Because I'm really out of time, but i got a couple of minutes. So let, 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 let me just say this. We're good at quitting things. We're good at anything. 
We're good at that. We're good at ending things. Well, it's over. My marriage is over. My relationship with that, that's over. Christianity, oh no, I'm done with that. See, we're good at that. Um, no, done with that. Church, I ain't going to do church. I'm done with that. I just can't do it. I'm done with that. Good. Great. At quitting things. I thank God every day that we wasn't born when the segregated South. You know why? We'd still be in slavery. Because we're good at quitting stuff. We just stop. We just, we would have just quit. Thank God we had people that wouldn't quit. We're good at ending things. We'll end it in a minute. We're even good at just moving on. You know what? It's time for me to move on. Not that you finished something and moved on. You're just going to move on. I just get it. I'm just going to move on. We're even good at not getting involved. You know what? That don't have nothing to do with me. Uh-uh. I don't want to get involved with that. That's not my business. Now, when something should be your business, we don't want to be involved with it. But things that are not your business, that's what you want to get involved with. No, mm-mm. that's not my issue. I got to look out for me. Church, we got to complete some things. And we can. When we complete what God has given us, these things would happen. One, God will be glorified because it's His Word. Two, we will complete a given assignment. Then we can move to the next level of productivity. Listen to me. You cannot and will not be promoted until you complete something. You, you should know there's a higher level of productivity that God wants you. He has for you. He wants to get you to. Then three, when we complete the work of the Lord, we bless the lives of others. In other words, Jesus was our example. And when he completed something, he laid the foundation for all of us to build on. He said, now, Jesus said, you know, on this rock, I'll build my church. The foundation is laid. And he left the foundation. What are we leaving? What are we doing? Write this down and we're going to be, we'll come back tonight. When we complete a work, we provide opportunities. Jesus provided life. Life eternal. He provided an opportunity. And he would not have been able to provide that opportunity if he wouldn't have completed the work. We wouldn't have life eternal if he wouldn't have completed it. Then when we complete God's purpose, we provide greater works. He said, greater works shall you do. Greater works. Then it is our responsibility for all of us to finish the work that God has given us. It's our responsibility Why? Because for those that are coming behind us, that they can do a greater work than what we're doing. We we ought to know our children should be doing a greater work. And tonight we'll go back and we're going to watch that. We're going to walk it through in Nehemiah. We're going to find out how this all plays out. We're going to deal with, you know, why are we having problems being able to complete? Why? Why are we having problems able to complete something? 
you have to come back tonight to find out. I love the night cries because that shows me who's interested and it shows me those that are growing and developing. I like when God stopped you right here. And actually, I'm just about to start the new information. Everything else was a review. But I want you, uh, you young, young children back there, I want you to get it. You tell some of, let me tell you, it would impress me if some of you would tell your parents, I need that CD. I want to hear that part over and over again. When you're struggling at school, you can put that in and say, God has a greater purpose. When everybody have a boyfriend and a girlfriend and you say, I want one, and you listen to that, you'll say, it's not my season. Because with God's purpose, all of that will come in time. You won't struggle with it, not one bit. It's time for us to complete a work. Stand to your feet. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net. Thank you.